you're well, uh, wherever you are in the world. I just thought I would do this quick episode on fasting and how to exercise and eat in an optimal way during a fasting time, as this is a very topical issue at the moment, because within about a month of recording this, it will be a time for celebration for Muslims around the world who are observing Ramadan. So I thought I would cover this issue um, and I hope it benefits you. So the first thing I wanted to cover was why actually Muslims fast. Um, and I think this is important to consider because it does mean that this will be slightly different to people who are doing intermittent fasting for health or fitness reasons, as the rules are slightly different. And then I wanted to cover a little bit about the types of foods that we eat and the best ones to eat, uh, the timetabling around fasting and training and eating, and how to best manage that with our worldly commitments. And then I wanted to talk about uh, meal plans uh, along with that timetabling. And the last thing I wanted to do was have a little bit of discussion about um, how these things all fit together and their place specifically in Ramadan and whether it's actually necessary or not. Um, so without further ado, let's begin by looking at why Muslims fast during Ramadan. And there's a very clear answer to that in the Quran, in which Allah says in one of the verses, uh, I'll just read it for you quickly. Uh, the translation of this verse is, O believers, fasting is prescribed for you as it was prescribed for those before you, so perhaps you will become mindful of Allah. Um, and actually, the main reason for fasting is to teach us discipline and that consciousness uh, of God and our actions within this world. So if that's the main reason uh, that we're fasting, then actually it's very important to consider that our physique and our training is not actually the most important thing during this month. And the most relevant thing I could say to illustrate that is in the four week period, uh, in many studies that have been conducted during Ramadan, especially people's body composition doesn't actually vary that much. So what I'm saying is for the average person, it wouldn't really make too much of a difference if they were to not train as much or not eat as well. However, I do recognize that there are a lot of people out there whose jobs and careers actually do depend on competing in athletic competitions or maintaining a good body composition year round so that they're always ready for their events. Um, and so actually, that's why I wanted to make this video. And I think that increasingly in a lot of places people are doing less during Ramadan they're clearing their schedules and they're just sleeping especially in lockdown and that's not necessarily a problem but I would say that if the main reason that we're prescribed fasting is to teach us discipline and are we learning that discipline if we just clear out our schedules and do nothing whilst we're hungry and thirsty ultimately it's up to you what you choose whether that's you clear out your schedule whether you train or don't train but I think by training you may be able to learn some discipline which is again the main reason why we fast but then again it is a month for worship it is a month of spending time with your family and nurturing those connections so really like everything it's a balance this resource is really to help people who do need to train for whatever reason or who do need to watch what they're eating even though it doesn't matter too much in the long term over four weeks 
if you were competing, that is actually a considerable amount of time in terms of training cycles and phases and that sort of thing. So the next issue I wanted to get onto was timetabling. So everyone's schedules are going to vary a lot, but broadly speaking, we can divide timetables during Ramadan into two groups based upon working and sleeping habits. So these questions you need to ask yourself are, do you need to work during the day? Like, are you going to school? Do you have a full-time job? Or maybe are you living in a country? If it's a Muslim country, maybe you have amended hours and you don't have to come in during the day. And the next thing you need to ask yourself is during the night, are you going to sleep or not sleep? Because obviously, if you work in the day, you might have to sleep during the night time. But during Ramadan, this is a great time when we make the most of worship. We make the most of communal prayers. And if that's the case, then you need to know this. So if you don't sleep, then I would suggest that actually you have three meals during your eating times and that you train at night. So that's the kind of timetable or framework I would suggest to you. And if you do sleep at night, then I would actually recommend that you try and split your meals into two meals and you train during the day, perhaps earlier when you wake up or it could be any time really. It could even be close to Raftari time, but again, people tend to avoid that window due to worship and family commitments, but whatever time works for you. But yeah, I would suggest that two meals if you're going to sleep at night and train during the daytime. So the next thing to talk about is the type of foods that are going to constitute those meals. And one concept we have to cover is the glycemic index. That's a big convoluted term for some people who might not have heard of it before. But all it means is how quickly is the food absorbed into your body. So if we were to look at low glycemic index foods and high glycemic index foods, the difference is they may be very similar in terms of their calorie content but a low glycemic index food would be absorbed much slower to your body and the high glycemic index would absorb much quicker into your body. So if we use examples of rice, brown rice is a low glycemic index food, it's absorbed slower, whereas white rice is a high glycemic index food, it's absorbed a lot quicker. The same is true for sweet potatoes and white potatoes respectively. Now a lot of people who are into their health or fitness might debate which one of those is better to eat, but during fasting and these both of these meal timetables, actually they both have their part to play. So I would suggest that regardless of which timetable you follow, whether that's the you don't sleep at night, you have three meals and you train during the night time, or whether you sleep during the night time, have two meals and you train during the day, I would suggest that during the first meal it's actually very similar for both plans, that you would have some quick absorbing, so the high glycemic index foods, because you've been fasting all day, regardless of whether you've trained or not, your body does need those nutrients to get in there very quickly, whether that's because you've trained earlier and you need to repair your body, or whether that's because you're going to train later and you need your body to be prepared for that. So the high glycemic index foods are probably, you know, just examples include white rice, white potatoes, and then examples for proteins you should have are whey proteins. These digest very quickly and will get into your bloodstream and be absorbed by your body a lot quicker. So meal two, for the people who are not sleeping at night, doesn't matter, but it can be really based on their post or pre-workout meal. I would actually suggest for these people that they have their first meal after their, you know, Maghrib and Iftari, and that's when they have their first meal of the quick absorbing things. And then they do their Tharawi, and then they have their second meal, 
which could be a pre or post workout meal depending on when they fitted in their workout but i think working out just after this meal would be better or perhaps maybe even just after tarawi could work as well and then you're ready for your next meal later on but again that's you know it's just a moot point but that's just a suggestion so meal three i would suggest so this is the last meal so this is meal three if you're following you know three meals but it's actually meal two if you're following the plan when you only have two meals but again this is a meal that's going to be similar for both timetables and schemes of action so i would suggest a meal that's high in fats or lower glycemic index foods things that release slower into the blood so sweet potatoes brown rice animal proteins like steaks or chicken and casein instead of whey protein powder now as for your training i think you should choose carefully because if you're training at night it should be okay to train as normal probably train after that are we because that's probably a big time commitment but if you do sleep at night train earlier um, but be careful because you don't want to burn out and you just want to focus on building or maintaining muscle and technique work you can work on strength especially if you have a competition you can work with the higher percentages but just be careful because this is really taxing on your nervous system your recovery especially in the state where you can't hydrate yourself so it might be very difficult to do that so training close to aftari might work better for those people but like i said this is an important time for prayers worship and dua so again that might not necessarily work depending on what timetable you're able to follow so those are the main things to cover in terms of diet and training and i guess it will be extremely difficult to implement these for some people in terms of their family and their community commitments but one thing i would say is you know if your career really does depend on this or you know your lifestyle does or even if you're just not listening to this for the training advice but even the dietary advice i think that just like people would be very considerate towards you know people with health issues who are eating in a different way i think that people should also be conscious of people who don't have those health issues but are trying to make healthier decisions so they don't have to you know one day have the same health problems that their family is suffering from like diabetes i think we all just have to be a bit more considerate of each other and remember everyone's choice is their own and no one should feel bad about the choices they have to make because ultimately uh, as muslims we believe that allah knows best However, one thing I did want to just quickly cover was actually it's all very well talking about these proposed schemes but how do they actually work in real time? So recently I did some fastings on Monday and Thursday and I tried out this scheme of eating and training and you know at the end of the day when you've been fasting for a long time you're still going to be hungry at iftar time there's probably not a diet that can stop that from happening. but i will say that during my previous experience with fasting during ramadan just for examples i would you know eat chicken rice and then cultural foods like pakoras and samosas for iftari and then maybe for breakfast i would have cereal and beans on toast really uh, that was my traditional diet you know going for a long time and i would notice that during the daytime i would have sudden deteriorations of concentration and focus and it's not that I couldn't do everything I needed to do but I would find it extremely difficult and sometimes I'd be able to work really hard and then I would quickly notice my uh, mental acuity beginning to decline 
and then I would need to refresh myself a lot. However, following this scheme where I ate low glycemic index foods and slow releasing foods like porridges, casein, some fats like avocado and some eggs for breakfast, I noticed that actually I didn't burn out as quickly and I was able to stay focused a lot longer during work and my working hours during the day and I didn't really have to take as many breaks. I was still hungry and thirsty during Aftari time and the smell of food really did make me salivate but uh, I did notice that there was an ability for me to keep going just that little bit longer and so I think that this goes beyond people who are just looking to train for their you know uh, competitions or whatever. I think this scheme of eating is extremely helpful as well for people who are who can't give up their jobs during Ramadan and are really struggling to keep going if they're eating like I was saying before without much consideration with nutrition timings and the right kinds of foods to eat at the right time I think it does benefit those people and for people who don't fast or you know who don't partake in Ramadan I think this scheme also is really helpful for people who can't eat for periods of time anyway such as when you have exams sometimes if you have an exam in the morning you have to be kept in high control until your next exam or until the next cohort comes out and I think during those periods it's very difficult to you know maybe have brought your food with you and I think having eaten uh, the right foods for your breakfast you know slow releasing foods that keep you going throughout the day I think it really does you know again by the end of the day you're still going to be hungry yes but I think in terms of maintaining your cognitive performance throughout the day I think what you eat and making the right choices it does make a difference and so I would say that this way of eating and these principles not necessarily following the same timetables I've laid out they do apply to other situations other than just Ramadan and fasting and people who you know train really hard for whatever reason I think it does apply to a little bit more than that so those are really what I have to say about this issue and I would say that yeah again just to sum up everything I've talked about the main reason we fast is for discipline and you know by doing less things in Ramadan that we're doing now are we still building that same discipline or should we actually try and keep as many activities as we can going so that we can truly experience the difficulties of those less fortunate than us and learn to build some discipline and closeness with God and then for those people who do choose to train even though it won't make too much of a difference in the long term it can make a difference for those people who you know they do have a competition coming up that kind of thing so for those people I've laid out two schemes of eating based on their sleeping pattern if they sleep during the night time they should focus on two meals one during aftari time very quick digesting foods and then for their seri they should have slow digesting foods try and get as much rest as they can during the night time and train during the day and the other scheme i laid out was for people who should train at night they should try and have three meals a day if they're not sleeping and that three meals should be in their spaced out window again very similar to the first scheme they should have quick digesting foods for their first meal and their second meal it doesn't really matter too much it can be very similar to a post or pre-workout meal depending on their workout times and then the last meal again very similar to the first program you just want to have some slow releasing long acting foods to keep you going for as long as you can during the day and like I said these principles of nutrition that I've laid out here they're not just exclusive to Ramadan or people who are training for competitions or athletes or anything they can be used by anyone 
uh, or at, at any time who've got to go through periods of time without eating such as exams. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have learned something from this episode. And as always, if you could leave me any feedback or comments, I'd be very grateful. Thank you so much.